Hi, this is Dr. Richard Shore, and you are listening to Salus Populi, the podcast of the Suffolk Academy of Medicine and the Suffolk County Medical Society. In this episode of Salus Populi, we are pleased and honored to welcome New York State Assemblyman Andrew Rea to the podcast as we discuss important healthcare issues facing New York's residents and physicians. Assemblyman Raya serves New York's 12th district, which includes Huntington, Islip, and Babylon. Mr. Raya has been a champion for the health of New Yorkers throughout his career and is the ranking minority member of the health committee of the New York State Assembly and is also a member of the Budget Conference Committee on Health. Mr. Raya has been a friend the Suffolk Academy of Medicine and the Suffolk County Medical Society, and we are pleased to welcome him to this episode of Salus Populi. I hope you enjoy. Assemblyman Raya, thank you so much for agreeing to speak with us on this episode of Salus Populi. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, and happy holidays to everybody. Thank you so much, and to you as well. So, why don't we uh, jump right into it, and uh, one of the hot areas right now uh, nationally and internationally with Canada and Massachusetts is the legalization of marijuana. I would like to get your thoughts on that. Well, it's, it's, it's had a long history in New York as far as the path to getting here. Um, after many years of voting against medical marijuana uh, last year, two years ago, I supported it because we have seen some beneficial uh, impact from it uh, in some patients. Uh, but more importantly, because states all around us were starting to do it as well, and at what point do you tell your taxpayers that uh, something they can get in another state they can't get here? Uh, as far as full legalization, uh, I think, uh, it, you know, in many instances, uh, many states went too fast on this issue. Uh, New York has an opportunity to learn from, you know, the bad things that certainly have happened uh, in, in Colorado, in my opinion, I don't necessarily support it flat out. I think it's uh, an issue that should be on the ballot for the voters to decide, which has been the case in virtually every other state that it's been legalized. That being said, now that you have Massachusetts is going to have it, possibly New Jersey, at what point does New York you know, lose out on the tax revenue, much the same that we did with gambling? Other states around us were doing it, then uh, we put it on the ballot and let voters decide whether or not we should have casino-type gambling in New York. So, you know, I'm a big fan of initiative and referendum, and maybe that's the way to go. That being said, uh, if we do move in that direction, we, we need to be very careful. You know, here, we're, we're living in a state where you have a health commissioner that wants to ban vaping uh, of, of flavored uh, vape. But at the same time, doesn't seem to have a problem with kids vaping pot. Um, so, you know, we need to be very careful uh, in the actions that we take. What are some of the problems that you alluded to that other states have had, like Colorado? Um, it, it, missed, I misusing prescriptions. Well, you know, if it's for, you're supposed to take a quarter cookie, well, now you take a full cookie because you haven't been feeling the effects because they're delayed. Uh, and now you're behind a wheel and all of a sudden you cause accidents, um, homeless issues, um, 
on. Uh, but we need to, you know, study some of the mistakes that have been made and some of the pluses that have been made. If we're going to move in that direction, like I said, I think the voters should be the uh, ultimate arbitrator on deciding whether or not we have legalized marijuana. It's a very interesting topic. Uh, I I was amazed at the amount of money that was brought in in a single day in Massachusetts and how much tax revenue the state got, which obviously that would be a good thing for New York State, but we'll obviously see what happens on the downside, because for every upside, I suppose there's a downside, correct? Of, of, of course. Uh, you, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something that needs to be studied. You, you have a whole host of, of what happens with uh, businesses that mandate drug testing, what happens, uh, you know, with the impacts of secondhand smoke as a result of that, and somebody that's been positive on a drug test. Um, you know, do you do you really want somebody that's operating that heavy equipment to uh, to uh, you know be be stoned? Because unlike alcohol, where if there's an accident, you can test for it uh, and see if somebody was actually drunk at the time. Now, why you can't do that? Um, if it's in the if it's in your blood, it's in your blood for up to thirty days, so you don't actually know. If, if that person driving a bus uh, that just killed three people was actually stoned or not. So there's a lot of issues that people have been thinking about that, that I, as a ranking member on the health committee, I have to think about. Right. As a, I, as a, a urologist and as a physician, and I speak for myself on this as opposed to an organization, but I have concerns as well uh, because there are significant health effects, ill health effects of um, marijuana smoking, and I think a lot of other physicians are feel the same as I do. I think it's a complicated. Yeah, well, and, and New York was cognizant of that when we passed the medical marijuana law because the the one method that you can't get take taken is by smoking it and by physically burning it. So you, you know, vaping, uh, edibles, and, and oils uh, certainly uh, cut down on 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 that impact. But if you go to full legalization. Then you're absolutely right, where where you're seeing a decrease in people smoking, and yes, you're seeing an increase in people vaping, uh, you, you know, but we're going to have to decide which is, 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 is better. Uh, but now you're going to have, you know, uh, people vaping, uh, kids vaping, and, and in many instances, you don't even know, you know, that they're vaping pot. Right, right, yeah. You don't have to go that far as a model drug uh, to see the harms it can have on a societal level, just go to alcohol and see what that does. No, sure, way. And, and one could argue it's safer to smoke pot than, than you know to drink alcohol. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm not maybe ready to make that leap. Well, of course not. Of course not. Alcohol is entrenched in our society, and maybe pot is as well. But uh, uh, full legalization—that's a very interesting topic. Uh, do you know? Uh, and as you said, our state health. Commissioner is in favor of it. Uh, it seems to be moving in. The, well, as far as legalization, I, you know, the governor has now said we're going to study it. Where he was emphatically against it, so I guess he's trying to read the tea leaves, and he sees the poll where the majority of New Yorkers favor legalization. And, and for somebody who wants to run for president, it's always nice to be on the right side of an issue. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, why don't we uh, switch gears now? Uh, the CVS Aetna merger. Uh, any thoughts on that? How this will affect New Yorkers? And do you have any? I, yeah, I you know I, I always worry when you start to see 
can go back. I can go back years and years and years ago, uh, long before I even got elected to public office, and I'm in office going on my 17th year, where you know the big thing was CVS taking over local uh, mom and pop pharmacies, sole proprietors, and 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 we're seeing the you know the, the local pharmacists go out of business. Uh, and I remember donning a T-shirt and marching on on a on a you know on the sidewalk with a shirt that said no to CVS. So you know, just think of how far we've come uh, uh, in, in in you know the span of, of twenty or so years. Uh, I I do worry when when you have you know with any type of, of large merger like this uh, that the ultimately uh, um, you know the patients and and the providers uh, suffer. Um, you know where where they get to dictate the rules and and there's you have very little choice other than to follow them. So always a concern as as you know and those are some of my same concerns with uh, single payer healthcare as well. You want to talk about the ultimate ultimate merger? That would be it. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess anytime you have consolidation in the market, you run the risk of rising costs. And that certainly is, seems to be what has happened in the last uh, 30, 40 years with healthcare. Absolutely. Um, you know, every time we talk about doing single payer, the one thing that is left out of every plan, including Richard Godfrey's, uh, you, know, you know, New York health plan, is, is the cost containment aspect. Or if there's cost containment, it's going to be the doctors that are bearing the cost containment and the hospitals, and they're the ones that certainly have been getting the short end of the stick as, as, as healthcare costs uh, escalate. So if you uh, could wave a magic wand and make healthcare better for all New Yorkers, what would you do? I, 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 well, let's see, under, under the uh, um, Affordable Healthcare Act, you know, Obamacare, as some people, you know, most people call it, and even myself, I guess, these days. Um, we had to eliminate uh, um, a lot of plans in New York State, group health policies, uh, but particularly we had to do away with our um, Family Health Plus program. Uh, we still currently have Child Health Plus, which guarantees that, that every child um, has, has health care, regardless of, 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 of their parents' income or what have you. We used to have a plan called Family Health Plus, and uh, that would allow somebody uh, with an income of up to $150,000, I believe, or one twenty-five, dollars to, to actually buy into the state's Medicaid program. Uh, the more you made, the, the, you know, the higher you paid on a sliding scale. Now that we've eliminated those mandates under the ACA, I think New York needs to take a good hard look at re, uh, reinstituting that program because, you know, the single payer debate in New York State, you have roughly 20 million people, only you're looking at 800, 900,000 that don't have insurance, factor in those that might be underinsured, maybe up to 1.2, 1.3 million. Um, you know, I don't see scrubbing our entire um, um, healthcare system as well as potentially bankrupting the state with a $200 billion initial cost as, as a smart way to, to test something that's failed in every other state that's tried it, including Vermont and New York and California wouldn't take it up for a vote. Um, so that's the way I would go. And increase the competition. One of the reasons New York did well under the ACA is because we had you know, up to six, six uh, insurance companies offering plans. Uh, competition lowest prices. When you look at some of the states in you know middle of America, uh, 
counties had no insurance company. That's when you can wind up paying more because they're the only game in town. So, you know, there were some things that worked with the ACA in New York and things that didn't. And uh, I think we need to, to pick amongst the, the best things and, 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 and implement them without, you know, rolling the dice uh, on, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a single payer plan. Great, great. Uh, one, I mean, now that we're talking about insurance, one of the the main problems facing the physicians of New York is this cumbersome prior authorization process that is imposed upon us by the insurance industry. And by that I mean when pre- prescribing medications, when ordering a, uh, a CAT scan. Or, or waiting for my CT scan. Exactly. Uh, which essentially ordered three weeks ago and still waiting to hear back to see uh, right. if the insurance company is going to cover it. Yes, um, it's, it's, it's it, you know, from the day I carried a, a, an insurance card, it's been drilled into my head that, well, you need certain tests, you need prior authorization. But it's it's been, a, a you know, unfortunately, insurance companies use it as a means to, to try and, 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 and rein in, you know, their, their health care costs. By, by delay, 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 moving stuff off book, uh, maybe you'll get tired enough and you'll just figure out that you're not going to get the test. Maybe you get delayed, then you got to appeal. And, and, and this has been the problem with insurance companies as long as, even longer than I've been a legislator. When I was a legislator, mate, we've been fighting with insurance companies on this. Um, you know, where they would rather, you know, cut your PT or they'll pay for a, a, a spinal fusion but they won't give you an extra five PT visits that might actually resolve the problem. Um, so I, I get it. Uh, what can be done? Um, it's a, I, I think ultimately, um, you know, when, when the doctors, uh, you know, obviously are pushing this issue when it becomes one of the number one issues, um, you know, the medical society push, pushing it as, as one of their top issues. Uh, but more importantly, when patients get to the when uh, realize they're being denied tests that they actually need, and they step up and they make their voice heard as well. So, with more advocacy, uh, there could be a legislative remedy. Well, it's the only way. It's the way most things get done in New York State. You know, for years, insurance companies didn't cover mental health costs. Well, it took a, a young boy named Timmy. Uh, to commit suicide before the legislature, you know, had the the the, the wherewithal to uh, mandate upon insurance companies, but it wouldn't be the first time. Like I said, you know, as we started talking in the uh, before we went on air with respects to um, pre-existing conditions, you know, if you watch CNN today, you'd say, "Oh my God, uh, New York State's going to lose pre-existing healthcare." You know, if, if I lose my job, I'm going to lose my insurance, and if I get insurance companies do that for, for over 15 years. So, yeah, just because what you see on the national TV and it might apply to other states does not necessarily apply to New York State. Right. One, one remedy that I see for the prior authorization is many of our societies now publish best practice guidelines, which was not the case 10, 15 years ago. And by this, these are evidence-based and these are published, and so if he, if a physician is following the evidence-based guidelines, 
uh, and they're ordering a test that is within those guidelines, then I don't. How can one argue that requiring prior authorization is anything other than a delay tactic? Well, it's, it's there may even be a piece of legislation already pending in New York that does exactly what you said. We've skirted around the edges with that because you know, when particularly when insurance companies, um, you know, you have a doctor that's not in that specialty. Uh, making decisions as to whether or not that procedure is necessary. Uh, I know for a fact we vote on legislation that, that would require uh, the doctor making that judgment call uh, on whether or not a procedure is, is needed uh, would have to be in that specialty. Um, so, you know, we, it's, it's something that is being talked about in Albany. Um, you know, you've, you've, uh, many of these legislative proposals pass the assembly routinely, but uh, have never been brought up in the Senate before. Now that you have one party rule, um, uh, we very well may see many of these initiatives that have constantly passed the assembly become law. But, you know, buyer beware. Some, some of those proposals are, are absolutely lunacy. Um, and, and would hurt, your prof- hurt the, the medical profession just as easily as, as, as help the medical profession. So it's going to be an interesting um, um, next couple of years in Albany. Uh, the last time we, we had one party rule in Albany was a complete disaster. Uh, so, um, you know, the bar is set pretty well right now. Right. Well, you said something interesting at a medical society meeting uh, maybe a month or two ago where about the one-party rule and the last time there was one-party rule all these pieces of legislation that were constantly being uh, bandied about never made headway anyway and almost as if... Uh, yeah, and that's entirely part of you right. In other words, many times we'll put on some of these bills and I'll look at my car and I'll might the sponsor of the bill and he goes, what are you worried about? It's never going to pass the Senate. Uh, and, and that very well may happen. Heaven forbid that the state assembly become the voice of reason uh, and, and the method to slow things down because usually that's the Senate's role, but uh, it's yet to be t- determined, you know, how, how that house is going to be run. You know, I have great faith in Andrew's cousin. She, she's a very dynamic person that I've known for many years and, and uh, compared to what happened the last time, um, you know, I think they, the Democrats in the Senate learned their lesson, whereas before they didn't used to show up to committee meetings. Now, I, you know, I, I know my, my counterpart, uh, Gustavo Rivera, who, you know, both and I were the ranking members on our respective health committees, he now seems poised to be the chairman, and, and you know, and, and he's got a good head on his shoulders. So, uh, you know, I, I, I have hopes that it's not going to be a complete disaster, but time will tell. So, on the federal level, it seems like the political system is broken in terms of there's no crossing the aisle, uh, there's ma- major dis- major distrust from one party to another. Is it like that at the state level in New York? No, and I get asked that question all the time. And, and you know, Joe Crowley is, uh, is a friend of mine, and, uh, you know, even as a Democrat, we, we, we've attended events together and, and, and enjoyed each other's company. Um, um, you know, he, did, he, he, he used to serve in the assembly as well. And, and, you know, in the assembly, we can fight like cats and dogs on the floor of the assembly, and when we're done, we go out and have dinner. And, 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 and 
unworkable. Uh, but yet we've worked together on issues where, you know, when vaping first became a, um, a, a thing, uh, there was no age restriction as to how old you had to be to go down to, to 7-Eleven and, and, and buy a, a logic cigarette, e-cigarette. Um, because because the health law uh, deems smoking as as the physical burning of something, and and vaporization doesn't meet that that uh, requirement. Um, so we worked together and, and 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 mandated the first law to make sure that you had to be at least eighteen years of age before you could purchase something like that. Um, so you know, and, and we go out and uh, you know, and sometimes we fight on other issues like cats and dogs. Um, I, you know, so not that way in Albany, um, although it is kind of changing, and I don't want to sound a little, you know, like an old fart because uh, I'm only 50, but uh, you are seeing a change with, with that um, feeling, that sense of, of camaraderie with some of the younger members that are coming in, and whether it's a millennial thing, I don't know. change to a more adversarial? Um, yeah, my way, the highway, uh, lack of compromise, um, you know, you're, you suck and I don't type of thing. Yeah, it's a problem. Um, it doesn't bode well for the future, but, you know, just as soon as, uh, you know, it, let, let's just say it's not not every every young member that's coming in, uh, maybe some of the more militant or, 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 or left-leaning, and, and in some respects, you know, you got a couple on the right as well. And uh, um, so it's, I, let's, let's hope it's not going to become the norm and just the exception. Right, right. In your opinion, what is the number one health challenge currently facing New Yorkers? Um, probably a combination of things. I, I mean, locally, certainly, uh, the heroin epidemic or pandemic, depending on what you call it, is, is certainly... Um, uh, one of the, the, you know, the things that need to be tackled, and 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 if we take the right measures and, and offer the right treatment, it's it's something that we can try and and, and eradicate. Um, you know, they'll always the, the cost of healthcare is always going to be a top issue. Uh, you know, there's there, there obviously always other things uh, along the fringe that pop up when you least expect it. But uh, I would have to certainly say, you know, the heroin epidemic and, and, and the continuing rise in, in healthcare care tend to be the two most important. Right. Uh, I would agree. The, uh, the heroin epidemic, I think, has affected everybody. I don't think anybody knows or does not know people personally that have been negatively affected by this scourge. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule, making the lives of New Yorkers better in Albany. Oh, I appreciate it, and uh, you know, I have, obviously I can say the same to you as well. I had the privilege over the holidays to, to go down to uh, um, Louisiana and watch my uh, my cousin graduate from medical school, and, oh, wow. and, and seeing how excited he is to make a difference. Uh, you know, certainly, uh, uh, you know makes me smile as well, and, and and already they're talking about how, you know, the, the way he's going to deliver health care is, is different than, when, than what we're currently used to. So, you know, it's an ever-changing profession. 
does he have plans to come to New York to practice, or? He's trying to hook him, get himself a residency now, okay. so he's okay. doing, doing the interview thing. So if you know of uh, any any programs available, I'm sure he would love to What's he going into? For interview. What is he going into? Uh, you know, what is he going into? More of the diagnostic uh, okay. side of things, Good. I believe. Good. All right, well, I'm sure he'll do very, very well. Again, thank you so much for agreeing the time to agreeing to speak uh, to us today. Thank. You. Oh, my, my my pleasure. Always a pleasure. And uh, uh, like I said, uh, happy holidays, and uh, may everybody be happy and safe. Thank you, and to you as well. You bet. Take care. You have just listened to another episode of Salus Populi the podcast of the Suffolk Academy of Medicine and the Suffolk County Medical Society. This is your host, Dr. Richard Shore, MD, FACS. I am a practicing urologist in Smithtown, and I can be reached by email at rich at drschoor.com. The Suffolk Academy of Medicine is the information arm of the Suffolk County Medical Society. The Suffolk County Medical Society is the leading medical professional organization in New York that provides advocacy for physicians and patients alike. For more information, please visit our website, www.scms-sam.org. Again, this is Dr. Richard Shore, and thank you so much for listening to Salus Populi, the official podcast of the Suffolk Academy of Medicine.